Hello, everyone. My name is Brooklyn Myers, and I am an Elixir newbie. My goal is to help people adopt Elixir and grow as developers while doing the same myself. I do that by documenting and sharing my own experience in the Elixir industry. It's been an incredible journey so far, and I look forward to taking the next step with you. So let's jump in to the Elixir Newbie Podcast. How do you develop a practice of continuous learning? Once you have a learning path for yourself and you understand what it is that you want to learn, that you want to work towards, how do you actually develop the habits and disciplines and routines that will make sure that you're taking the steps towards your goal? Anyone can sit down and decide that they want to do something, but actually taking action and doing is what is going to get you to where you want to go. And this is where a lot of people fail, is they'll set up some sort of path for themselves, but then they won't start taking the steps necessary to get to the end goal. I say end goal, but I don't actually believe that there is an end goal when it comes to learning. Learning is a continuous activity. I think you need to figure out a way to continuously integrate it into your life so that you remain balanced and so that you are constantly absorbing new information. In the programming industry in particular, our set of skills becomes out of date very quickly. The industry is constantly renewing itself, adopting new tooling, changing its philosophy, and changing best practices. It's not the type of career where you learn a core set of skills and then can leverage that set of skills in your job for the rest of your career. It more so than, I think any industry really, from my experience, involves a continuous learning in order to keep your skills up to date. And hopefully that excites you. Some people burn out of the industry. Some people find that daunting, but hopefully you're excited by that. You're excited that you get to keep learning. You're excited that you get to keep being introduced to new ideas. And that for me is, is one of the big things that draws me to the programming industry is that there's no ceiling on how much you can learn. There's no end to how much information there is. And in part, that can keep you humble because you know, as you grow in the industry, you're often exposed to just how much you don't know. Even a junior who's spent a few weeks on a particular subject knows far more than any senior who's never touched that subject. It's this, this massive universe of information. It's, it's turtles all the way down. There is no end goal when it comes to learning. Learning is a continuous process of integrating knowledge into yourself and how do you develop a practice that will allow you to continuously learn how do you keep your energy levels up and make sure that you are continuously interested in what you're learning if, if you're not interested and engaged chances are you're probably not going to enjoy learning 
you know, you might force yourself to read some meaty programming book that's 600 pages long with eight point font. But if you're not enjoying that process, even though there's tons of information in there, probably lots that's very useful, then how much are you really going to pick up? And so how do you keep yourself motivated? But beyond motivated, you can't purely rely on motivation to keep you going because motivation is necessarily volatile. Motivation is a volatile concept. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. And if you rely on motivation to keep you going, I mean, we're all going to be more motivated to spend time with friends, to do things that are um, maybe more engaging, like playing video games or whatever it is that you do and, and find yourself motivated by. And sometimes you are going to be motivated to program and you're going to want to stay up until 2 a.m. in a programming session and you barely notice the time going by. But other times it's going to be a difficult process just to sit down at the computer. And that's normal. It's totally normal for motivation to fluctuate. But the way that you deal with fluctuating motivation is with discipline, with habits, routines, and strategies for maintaining your learning path, even when you don't feel like you have a lot of energy. And discipline boils down into keeping yourself accountable. How do you keep yourself accountable? Well, let's take an example. When waking up in the morning, are you more likely to sleep in when it's a work day? and you have to be at the office at a particular time, or if you're working remotely, you have to be at an online Zoom call at a particular time. And if you sleep in, you will disappoint your coworkers, you'll have to explain why you were late, and there is a consequence to your action versus the scenario where you wake up, it's a sleepy Saturday morning, you don't have any particular plans, you don't have anywhere that you have to be, in which one of those two scenarios are you more likely to wake up on time? And obviously it's the case that you're gonna be more likely to wake up on time when there's consequences, when you're being held accountable by some sort of other factors. You can also hold yourself accountable. For example, if you develop a daily practice of doing something and you've been doing it for a hundred days straight, then you will be less likely to want to drop that streak. This is actually a, a well-known psychological effect that we don't like dropping streaks. It's, it's used in uh, it's used somewhat nefariously, maybe, by different social media apps, for example. So uh, if you've ever used Snapchat, I remember back when, when I was younger uh, and in high school, Snapchat was um, a big thing. It probably is still a big thing, but I don't, I don't pay much attention to it these days, so maybe it's changed. But uh, they either still do or used to have uh, this concept of streaks. And so it was every time you sent a message to someone that would trigger a streak for the day with that person. And it would motivate people to maintain these really long message streaks with each other, making sure that they always sent each other a message every day. Otherwise they would drop the streak. And 
that's for something that frankly isn't even necessarily productive or useful. That's just making sure that you send someone a message every day. So being able to leverage that power of streaks in your learning and, and wanting to keep up different disciplines. If you say every Monday when you wake up, you're going to sit down and read a programming book for 15 minutes and take down notes. And you've been doing that for half a year. It's going to feel like that is not a habit you can stop. It's going to feel like that's something you want to maintain and it will bother you if you don't. And so one way to, to keep yourself uh, disciplined and to provide some sort of accountability is to set specific times when you repeat habits and try not to break the streak. The rule of thumb is don't skip it more than one day in a row. So if you had to skip it one day because life happens, make sure that you get back to it the next day. One great way to keep yourself accountable is there's this Twitter hashtag you can use called 100 days of code. And the goal is to do something involving programming every single day for 100 days in a row. And every day you post what day you're on and what you learned. And often people will engage with your tweet and maybe motivate you to keep going saying, good job. Like that sounds interesting. Uh, if you have things that you're struggling with, being able to share that with other people and getting support from other people, making your accountability a collaborative effort. Uh, there's such a thing as an accountability buddy that I've used before in the past, which is that if you have something that you want to do, let's say, again, you want to sit down for uh, an hour every every day and learn about programming. That's something you want to do for, for the next um, month or something like that. It doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 30 minutes, 15 minutes. The specific... Um, Discipline is up to you and your schedule, but you have some sort of learning goal and you want to make it a daily habit and you want to stick to that. If you can find someone else who's interested in adopting that practice, it keeps you more accountable. You see this all the time with workout routines, for example, where people will go on runs with each other or go to the gym with each other as a way of keeping themselves accountable to the other person. It's very easy to let ourselves down and everyone is is perfectly practiced i mean it's it's become a joke at this point that your new year's resolution for example is not really going to pan out most people don't keep their resolutions but if you can figure out ways to tie your goals with other people then you'll be more likely to remain accountable I find having specific days for specific things extremely useful with scheduling. So for example, um, I even do this for, for personal events. If there's people that I want to see, I often make a practice of seeing them every X day of the week. I'll hang out with a good friend, friend of mine every Monday night. I will see my dad every Wednesday night. I'll call my mom every Sunday and when it comes to programming, I will uh, do different book summaries on uh, different days of the week, uh, whether that is listening to certain podcasts. I'll try to listen to certain podcasts on particular days of the week. I'll often take notes of everything that I learned in the podcast and then share that on Twitter. And these are all 
routines and disciplines I've decided for myself that I think are achievable that allow me to continuously learn and be introduced to new information and then go and apply those concepts as quickly as possible. And your specific disciplines don't need to look like mine. In fact, they probably shouldn't. They should be tailored for what it is that you want to do. And the important part is that you set the routines for yourself and then figure out how to stick to them. And one really common pitfall that I see when people try to set these types of disciplines is they set a goal that they can't possibly achieve. And it's really important to remember, I'll probably say this a lot, your brain is a pattern machine. Your brain notices patterns and figures out how to map the world based off of those patterns. And it's true for your own activities too. Your identity will start to shift as you notice patterns in yourself. If you have a habit of achieving things, then you will start to expect that you're going to succeed. If you have it of failing when you set goals, then you will start to expect that you're going to fail. Plenty of people set diets already knowing that they're not going to achieve that diet. And it's because they've set the goal too high. And there's this common thread of advice. Um, I've, I've heard it in, in many different forms, but it's often um, shoot from the moon, at least you'll uh, land among the stars. Essentially, it just means aim high in your goals, because even if you fail, you'll still achieve something grand. And for some people that might work, but my intuition is that if you set your goals so high that you're not going to achieve them, then you won't even get past step one because from the first step, you'll know that you're not actually going to get there and that's going to be demotivating. So my advice that I follow for myself and that I think you should consider is set your goals very small and very achievable and grow them as you succeed. So instead of starting by saying you're going to program five hours every single day, which is unreasonable, I think that's 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 crazy unless you're including job time. And even then, uh, in an eight-hour workday, very few people truly sit down for five hours. So setting a goal instead and saying I'm going to program or you're going to program 15 minutes a day or five minutes a day or you're going to open up a programming book, whatever size goal you need to set to know that you're definitely going to achieve it. And once you start to definitely achieve that goal and you're completely certain that you could maintain the goal for the rest of your life if you needed to, then that's when you can start to grow it. And slowly incrementing and increasing your goals as you achieve success makes it more likely that you're going to continue to succeed. And every time you uh, don't manage to maintain a habit or routine that you've set for yourself, taking a step back and instead of looking at that as a personal failure and saying, well, you need to try harder next time, taking it as an indication that you've just set one of your goals slightly too high and you need to dial it back slightly so that you'll start to achieve it more regularly and then growing it as you experience success, as you repattern your brain to expect that you're going to achieve your goals. And what you'll find through this method is that 
this works no matter what your starting point is. Even if you're someone who has a hard time focusing for five minutes, you can start with this process and start at any achievable level and start to grow it. And it's going to feel a lot less daunting than what I see as classical advice, which is that people will give you specific hourly recommendations for how much time you should spend learning programming, which to me just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's just not a metric that makes any real sense um, that there's some sort of magical number of hours you need to spend every day and that's going to make you become a programmer. I just, I don't really buy that. Um, what I do think is that setting a daily discipline for yourself, whether that's time-based, I tend to make it outcome-based because that's more measurable. Saying that you sat down for 15 minutes while perfectly effective might be difficult to time that. Were you distracted for any of it? Was it really a good 15 minutes? So one, one way is to figure out how to quantify your results. And while time works, you can also quantify your results in uh, for example, let's say you want to follow some sort of uh, learning course and every one of those courses has a certain number of videos or exercises involved with it and you want to do an exercise every single day. Let's say you're learning data science and algorithms and you want to do a programming challenge every single day. That is... Um, while it's not necessarily consistent because some programming challenges are going to be easier, some programming challenges are going to be harder, it is very measurable. And so you know when you've achieved your goal. And you also, by doing that, often get flexibility with if you're not feeling particularly good on some day, you can pick an easier programming challenge and that's okay. Now, this is the, the, the 100 days of code uh, hashtag that I talked about you could spend six hours programming and say, awesome, I got my 100 days of code. Or you could literally spend five minutes programming. And the important part is just to maintain the practice as opposed to having some sort of lofty goal for yourself that eventually you're probably going to fail. To summarize, I've talked about motivation, the difference between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation and how you can leverage intrinsic motivation, that is your natural curiosity, being excited about learning, wanting to grow and develop as a person to push yourself to new heights as a developer. However, I've also talked about how motivation is unreliable and fallible and inconsistent, and it's not going to be the thing that you can rely on for achieving your long-term goals. For long-term goals, it's much more about discipline. It's much more about creating daily habits and routines uh, or, or weekly habits and routines or regular habits and routines that help you get closer and closer to becoming the person you want to become and, and developing this continuous practice of learning. And discipline can be achieved through accountability. It can be achieved through leveraging different gamification strategies, such as maintaining a streak. If you do something every single day, you're going to be less likely to want to break that streak. And what 
disciplines and routines and habits you set for yourself should be based off your goals and also based off of where you are currently at. There are people in this world who can spend 20 hours straight working hard. Uh, I'm not one of those people and you're probably not one of those people. So taking an honest look at what you think you can realistically succeed at and making sure that your goals are achievable so that you pattern your brain so that you expect to achieve your goals and that you actually do continuously succeed. Because if you develop a practice of continuous success, then you're going to feel more, you're going to feel more motivated. You're going to feel better about the process. You will feel less, uh, less demotivated and you'll be more likely to maintain your discipline to keep learning. And while you might find yourself off of the path, while you might fall off the horse, while you might fail to meet your goals, sometimes using those moments as an opportunity to reevaluate what disciplines you can achieve and what routines you can set for yourself that you're more likely to be successful at and taking those moments, not as a personal failure, but instead taking those moments to reevaluate your strategy to achieve your goals. The specific habits and routines that you set for yourself are, they should be highly personal. They should be personalized to yourself and the goals that you want to achieve. And so it's difficult for me to recommend specific practices, but I'll talk about a few that you can consider and you can tailor them to suit your needs. So one, one goal, uh, one, one practice is reading reading programming books, reading um, larger technical books is going to expose you to a wider variety of ideas than doing exercises or daily programming. There are ideas contained in larger technical books that you just won't experience unless you are diving into that material. And so having a practice, for example, of trying to finish a book a month and whatever daily or weekly practice of reading you need to set for yourself that would allow you to achieve that. And of course, the specific numbers doesn't have to be one a month. It can be um, whatever amount of reading you think works for you. But it's important to set that practice of reading books and, and being exposed to new information. I find it's far more effective to take notes and try to summarize the book. That way you can always look back to your information, look back to your notes and quickly recall and remember what it is that you learned. It also applies what you learned as opposed to passively absorbing the information. You can often read a book and then have no retention of any of the information that you read. And so uh, some of the ways that I apply anything that I've read is by doing that summarizing. I'll also sometimes post Twitter threads. So if you're looking to grow yourself on Twitter, that is a great way to start sharing information. Uh, you can also talk about that book in something like a book club or uh, with anyone who might be interested taking those concepts. And maybe you've learned about some interesting way of 
some interesting pattern. Maybe you're reading a design patterns book and figuring out how you can actually apply what you learn in that book to the code that you're working on, figuring out how to take information and apply it is going to help it stick with you for far longer. So other than reading, you can also consider podcasts and podcasts are, in my opinion, less good at walking you through technical details and crunchy technical information and far better at exposing you to new ideas because podcasts tend to be more free flowing. They tend to be more surface level information, but cover a wide variety of topics. You'll be exposed to new ideas and things that people are talking about. You might not even understand exactly what is being talked about, but you'll now know that there's, there's this concept out there in the world that you were previously unaware of. And now you've converted that unknown unknown into a known unknown. And for example, the other day I was listening to uh, I think it was either a Thinking Elixir or an Elixir Outlaws podcast. I think it was an Elixir Outlaws podcast now that I remember. And they were talking about behaviors and protocols. And they were talking about the differences between them. And I had previously not worked with behaviors or protocols to any real degree. And by listening to that conversation, even though I wasn't able to follow all of the technical jargon and I didn't understand everything they were talking about. It helped expose me to a new idea. And then I later went and learned more about those topics, found excuses to apply them in my projects and started diving deeper into the information. And so having that process can introduce you to information that you weren't expecting to learn. A book is great for, you know what you want to learn. You want to learn about, let's say testing and you're reading testing elixir or you're reading some sort of design patterns book, you, you know the information that you want to absorb and you are actively deciding you're going to read this specific book. But podcasts are great because you're just listening to the latest podcast episode. You didn't decide a particular topic. You're being exposed to completely random information. So while it might not be as targeted to your specific learning goals, you're also going to be exposed to things that you never knew you could be exposed to. Um, so, so podcasts are a fantastic way to pick up new information and be exposed to new ideas. Having opportunities to work on side projects collaboratively is a great practice that you can set for yourself as well. If you have to be fortunate enough to know some other developers who, who are interested in working on side projects, um, for example, on uh, Thursday nights, I often spend time with a uh, game development group, some some developer friends of mine uh, who uh, were all terrible game developers. I am not a game developer. Uh, all of the games that we've made have been terrible, but it is a great way to uh, get to enjoy spending time with people that you like and also uh, get to learn inf- get to learn new information, keep yourselves accountable and collaboratively learn with each other. So if you can make some sort of hackathon group or learning group or book club or anything that allows you to interact with a group of other developers, there might be meetups in your area. There might be um, maybe uh, different forums that, that you would want to engage with. Having opportunities to keep yourself collaboratively accountable, collaboratively accountable 
with other people is going to let you learn from other people and it's also going to keep you engaged and interested in what you're doing. As you're learning, retention is really important as well. So you might be spending time learning and picking up new information, reading books, practicing different exercises, going through different courses, and you figured out what daily practices and weekly practices work for yourself to maintain this continuous learning. But how much of what you're learning are you truly retaining? I know that I've spent weeks learning a particular subject and then didn't touch it again for a year and coming back to it, I'd forgotten nearly everything. So how do you retain the things that you learn? And one thing I found really useful is keeping a, uh, it's often called a second brain. It's essentially a collection of all the information that you pick up summarized into very short form notes. So there's this GitHub project, uh, this repository called Foam that I use, and it allows you to make connections between different topics. So for example, if I'm reading a book, I'll have an entry for the book itself, and then I'll have other sub entries for each of the chapters, and I'll summarize everything that I learned in those particular chapters. And Foam is pretty cool. It integrates with, with your code editor if you're using Visual Studio Code, and it has different commands you can use to make different templates uh, for a specific type of notes. You can even view all of your, it's, it's kind of like uh, Wikipedia in that you can provide links to different entries in the journal. And it'll allow you to view all of those entries in a graph so that you can visualize all of the different connections and understand how the information that you've taken is related. So if you're, uh, it doesn't have to be that complex, uh, but having some sort of system for yourself of taking down notes and summarizing information, whether that's through pen and paper, whether that's through just writing text files, if you're using Google Docs, if you're using something like Evernote, um, or if you are going and using a second brain uh, with the foam project, which I'll, I'll put in the show notes, having some way that you can keep that information for yourself and have the ability to recall it quickly is going to really help you make sure that you're not wasting effort learning and you're actually retaining as much of the information as possible that you're trying to pick up. There's another meta-learning strategy that I think is important to be aware of, and it's called spaced repetition. So whenever you're learning something, if you can space out how you absorb that information, you're going to be more likely to learn it. So you may have had the experience of cramming for a test in your life, and you may notice that you cram all that information into your head for the sake of a single test, you get it out and you hopefully succeed and pass on the, pass that test. But then afterwards, you remember hardly anything at all. And it's because you didn't space out your learning. You learned it all in a single sitting so that you could use it for this one opportunity, but then you didn't continue to use it. And you didn't, what, what you told your brain by learning it in a day and then forgetting about it is you told your brain that the information isn't important and it was short-term information that you needed to know, but not long-term information that you need to retain for the rest of your life. But if you space out your learning, 
your brain knows that the information is then continuously important and you are constantly being re-exposed to it. And so because of that, you're going to remember the information for longer. That's going to be the end of this episode. I hope you learned something about how to develop your own uh, practice of learning and how to maintain your motivation, how to stay disciplined, how to use accountability, and how to develop strategies and routines for yourself so that you can incorporate learning into your regular life. I'd love to hear how your learning is going. You can engage with me on Twitter at Brooklyn J. Myers. I'd be happy to hear how your learning is going and if you're encountering any struggles along the way. If so, what uh, did this podcast fail to help you with? I'd love to hear more about that so I can know more about what to talk about in the future. And uh, wishing you the best, wishing you uh, an enjoyable learning path, and I will catch you on the next episode.